Hello and welcome to the Brave Faith Podcast. I am so glad you are here today as I announce the beginning of this podcast and branch of ministry from Awesome Presence Ministries. I am Raya Sloan, your host, and I am so excited to begin this journey with you. I want to share a little bit about why I started the podcast and about Awesome Presence Ministries. Also, a little bit about my story. So, Awesome Presence Ministries is a ministry by Thomas and Sheila Sloan. They have been in ministry for about 30 years. I'm going to interview them in a later podcast. So, we will talk all about the beginning and uh, events that have led up to the present time of, of these past 30 years to now. Awesome Presence Ministries is a ministry where we sing and go, travel to different churches and, and really share the love of Jesus through song and through preaching. My parents are Thomas and Sheila Sloan, like I said, and then I'm Mariah, and then my brother, Simeon, was also a part. So all of us four traveled together in ministry. And so here we are in 2021, and I'm asking the Lord, what, what do you want to do now, Lord? Is there something new that you want to do? And really for the last year, it's, it's led up to this moment. And Brave Faith is the name of this podcast because I believe that God is calling his people to have brave faith. Over a year ago, I had a conversation, a phone call with my mom and dad because I was living across the country at the time, and I'll talk about that later. But in this phone call, I expressed my, my burden and my concern for my generation. And so many times over the past few years, I've had conversation after conversation with people who are young people who are so hungry to have spiritual mentors, to have moms and dads who will support them and lead them in the ways of the Lord, in righteousness, in wisdom, and really just to support them in their spiritual walk. A lot of times I've come across kids because of the places I've been in, they're also interested in ministry, but they lack a lot of support at home. And this is an epidemic. This is a problem. And I want to help be a part of the solution. So I want to have mothers and fathers and young people. I want to be a bridge between generations. I, that's what I want this podcast to be, of us really talking about faith and our history, our relationship with the Lord. So what is brave faith? I would like to define brave faith as faithfully trusting God in the face of fear, danger, or difficulty. You know, we all have fear, danger, and difficulty in our lives. But when we have God, we have someone to lean on. We have someone that we can trust that he'll never leave us or forsake us, and that he'll walk with us through the fire. 
So the purpose of this Brave Faith podcast is to inspire you to live with brave faith in this world that's full of fear. See, I believe that everyday, ordinary individuals can change the world when they decide to live with brave faith. As I was praying about this podcast and asking the Lord what He wanted the mission of this podcast to be, I just heard 1 Corinthians 2.13, and it says, These are the things we are talking about, not with words taught by human wisdom, but with words taught by the Spirit. We are interpreting spiritual things to spiritual people. And that's what we want to do in this podcast. Through our experiences with God and through our knowledge of His Word to interpret spiritual things to to you. Also, some other scriptures that came to mind as, as a good scriptural foundation for this podcast was Joshua 10, 25. Do not fear or be dismayed. Be strong and courageous. Proverbs 28, 1. The wicked flee when no one is pursuing, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. Acts 4, 29 through 31. And now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that your bondservants may speak your word with all confidence while you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. That's what the Spirit of God does. He helps us to be brave in our faith. So for this first podcast, after this introduction, I now want to talk about my story because I'm going to get real with people. We're going to get real about real life stories, but if I'm going to ask other people to do that, I realize that I need to be willing to go there for myself. So I want to share a little bit about my life personally. I was born in Louisiana in 1995. At the time, my parents were in full-time traveling ministry, like I said, so I grew up on the road. I was I was that kid, you know, who had um who we had a motor home and we we traveled around. Uh I remember being gone weeks at a time uh on different occasions uh doing doing ministry at different churches and events and conferences. My parents led worship a whole lot and my dad also preached and my mom preached some too. So that was my life. Church was my life. I was exposed to it at a, I mean, at birth practically. And I just, I just grew to love Jesus. I encountered the presence of God and it drew me in. And one way I expressed worship was through the arts. I also loved to paint and draw all growing up. I loved artsy things. Um, and I remember, it's amazing that I remember this, honestly, because I was probably like two or three years old. Uh, we traveled to South Carolina. So we were living in Louisiana. 
at the time, and we traveled all the way to South Carolina at a church that had a dance team. And this dance team did ballet and kind of a more hip-hop style dance. And I remember just absolutely my eyes being glued to them and so amazed at what they were doing. Something awoke in me, even at a very young age, something inside of me awakened when they danced. And I remember just bawling at two and three. I'm like, why am I crying? But I was crying and so were my parents. They were just crying. And now you have to understand a lot of um, this church circles back when my parents were growing up, you just didn't dance in church. Uh, you may, you know, as a, as growing up in the Pentecostal church, like if you danced, it was it was because you were influenced by the Holy Spirit, right? Um, there wasn't like choreographed dancing really, and so this was kind of a change, and it changed my parents' hearts, and they realized, wow, God really works through this because we feel His presence, and so me at that moment, I also felt God's presence and a love for dancing grew inside of me. And I just wanted to be around the team. Like I remember following them around the church (laughs) because I just wanted to have what they had. And so I would begin to dance and worship as my parents were leading worship. And we went, we had a home church that my parents would lead um, worship at in Louisiana when we weren't traveling. So we would kind of come in and out of, of that church and, Um, I remember I would just begin dancing a lot Uh, as they were leading praise and worship there. I just felt a freedom to, to dance and worship. And I was doing that and we had an evangelist from South Africa come. And I was about four at this time uh, as he came to the church. And I remember I was, I remember this moment very clear as well. And I know it has to be God that I remember this because it's certain moments in our lives that God just marks us. And it's like he highlights that moment because it's, it's not just any kind of moment. It's a moment that defines like part of our destiny and part of our purpose and calling in our lives. And, and that was this moment too, even at a young age. He, I was walking out to go to children's church after praise and worship and he said, hold on, where's that girl that was dancing up here? And I was about at the back of the sanctuary and I turned around and he was like, yes, it was you. And, and so I walked to the front of, of the, well, to the altar, to the front of the sanctuary. And he, he prophesied over me and he said some very, very impactful things about how the Lord was pleased when I would dance before him in worship. And it was, I remember just bawling. I was just like, Lord, you're pleased with me when I worship you like that. It definitely set the course for for something happening in my life. And it was it's only God that this could happen. There was a lady in the church who had gone to the church for a while, probably multiple years. And in her in her life, she she was like towards um retirement age probably at this at this juncture in life, but she had been a professional ballerina and a ballet instructor, and 
She had been talking about teaching me, but after this evangelist came and prophesied that after church, she went up to my parents and she said, okay, okay, it's time. It's time for me to teach your daughter and we need to um, help her know how to use her gift, which is amazing to me that being a professional, she, she taught Walter Payton ballet. This only God orchestrates things like this. And so she's like, I want to teach your daughter. It's what God's telling me to do. Only God can orchestrate things like that in our lives. And so I started taking like the next week. We, uh, we took ballet from the time I was four until I was um, eight because we ended up moving away from Louisiana. And that was so hard. Um, but I'm not going to talk about that part of my story, um, yet, but also, um, I just want to highlight how important it is to pour into young people, no matter how young they are, you have a gift and you can pour into somebody and it just may impact their life. So when I was eight, uh, or seven, actually, I, I began singing with my family on the road and the first time my brother and I sang with our parents, we we expressed to them our desire to sing. Now, my parents did not push us to do anything. Uh, we expressed to them that we felt like it was time for us to sing as a family. And they said, okay, if you're going to sing, we are going to practice together. You're not just going to get up there and sing anything. <laughs> so we sang Tis So Sweet. And we would sing that wherever we would go. And my brother and I made it made a CD when we were eight, and he was eleven. He was eleven. I was eight, and we put that on our CD. And it is definitely something that has set um. It's been a melody for our life, really, of trusting the Lord as as we've been in ministry, as we've been grown into adulthood now. We've learned the truth in that song of it is sweet to trust Jesus. During this time, as we all know, life is never without struggle. And not many people know this, but I dealt with fear and panic attacks. I feared so many things. I was deadly afraid of of costumes even. And... I would just scream. I couldn't control myself. I would just scream when I would see them. And so, you know, fear was really something that had a hold on me as a kid. And I I didn't really know how to deal with it. But my parents, thankfully, they really, they had experienced that as well, especially um, my father growing up. And he he was really um, compassionate for me uh, in that time, and so was my mom. And they would teach me scripture to to repeat. And and I was as I was growing in my relationship with God, really, I do remember the time that I I surrendered to the Lord. I was like, I believe I was three at the time. I don't really. I just remember the moment where, of course, I'd heard my dad preaching all my life, but I remember going into the living room 
and saying, Dad, I want to ask Jesus into my heart. I don't remember doing that, you know, and I hadn't remembered doing that to that point. And so I just wanted to ask and make sure because I wanted to have my name written in the Lamb's Book of Life like I'd heard. And so I went into my room and I kneeled by, I kneeled by my bed and I asked Jesus into my heart. And so as time went on, I was growing in my relationship with God and, and still, um, at eight, at nine, you know, I was still dealing with this. And I remember just being shaking, feeling like a dark presence was in my room and, um, just seeing darkness and shadows and, um, not, and I don't just mean shadows from things, but uh, like a demonic presence in my room at night. And it would just come and I would just shake and I would just have a horrible headache and, and feel nauseous and um, just, you know, sweat. And my heart would pound like crazy, just like full on panic attacks. And so in in that time, though, my parents would say scripture like 2 Timothy 1, 7, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and a love and of sound mind. And and talking about, you know, like 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5, and For we don't walk in the flesh, but our weapons are of the spirit. They're not a carnal, and they're um, mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds and casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and, and really learning about my thought patterns and how the, the power of God, that's what the power in the name of Jesus, that's what my parents would, would tell me over and over again. And I wanted freedom. I wanted freedom so bad, but for so many years of my life, I just felt paralyzed from fear. And that's the lie that the demon of fear and um, really tries to do is to trap you in these thought patterns. It's all about the mind. And in these thought patterns, like there's no way out, you're stuck here, like God's not anywhere near here, even though you know God's with you, but you don't feel him in that moment when you feel paralyzed by fear. And so dealing with that as a child, I remember just feeling like, why do I, I'm like the only person that deals with this. I don't know my friends deal with any of this. And, you know, felt felt so weak. Like, why me? Like, what's the weakness in me that I have to deal with this? And that's really like the lies of the enemy just making me feel worthless that you know I was weak and that's why I dealt with that I remember they kind of eased off when I was 11 uh 10 and 11 but when I was 12 it really amped up and um I loved God I really did I loved God but I felt so bound still I knew the power in the name of Jesus, but I didn't have the courage to really step into that until one night. God had been building inside of me since I was eight, and I experienced the indwelling of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. At that moment, things began to change in my life. It was a slow process. It was a slow work, but 
I had to gain the confidence that this faith, that this power in the name of Jesus not only worked for others, but it worked for me personally. And one night when I was 12, I felt it again. I felt that demonic fear just come over me. And I thought, you know what? Enough is enough. I am so sick and tired of this taking my sleep, taking my joy, taking my peace night after night after night. Maybe it wasn't every night, but it happened so often that I was sick and tired of dealing with that and feeling so bound. And something inside of me, it was the Holy Spirit, rose up inside of me and said, No, I do not. Tonight, things change. I do not have to stay in this cycle of paralyzation and fear. And so I sat up in my bed. And I said, in the name of Jesus, spirit of fear, get out. And I said, Holy Spirit, angels of heaven, rush in. Peace of God, rush in. And at that moment, there was a wind that came from behind me. And let me tell you, there, was, there is no window. There is no vent behind me. In this moment, there was a wall, an inside wall. This had to be God. My long hair flew up into my face from this wind as I pointed my finger forward. And it was as if I, I really believe I could feel it. The Holy Spirit came in as I asked and the angels of heaven came in, rushed in but from behind me. And drove out the forces of darkness that had been attacking me for the 12 years of my life. And in that moment, I went from complete torment to complete peace. When the presence of God rushed into that room. And I knew from that moment on that something was going to be different in my life. That my sleep patterns were going to be different. This brought such a new joy to my life. Now, was the struggle with fear completely over? No. But that night, I realized that I was not fighting a losing battle. And I was not a weak warrior. But I had the resurrection power that's in the name of Jesus and in the Holy Spirit living and indwelling inside of me. So I was fighting from a place of victory in Jesus. I wasn't fighting from a place of weakness. You know, looking back, I see that my relationship with God and my purpose has always looked like Him kind of tapping me on the shoulder and gently pushing me out of my comfort zones. You know, like I said, really fear defined a lot of my life. If you looked at me as a kid, you would think, this is, this is not some kind of bold chick. This is, you know, at least this is how I felt. I felt pretty fearful at times. But, you know, every time the, the spirit of fear has tried to attack me since then, I know my place of victory, and so I don't have to cower to it. I, I really thank the Lord that when I realize, oh, why, why am I nervous here? Or why is this happening or that? Or why am I, you know, feeling this or whatever? I can know that, 
oh yeah, this my weapons are not carnal. This is not a flesh thing. This is a spirit thing. And that had a lot to do with my personal experience with, with that. So I grew up, you know, singing with my family, play an instrument. So this whole gently pushing me out of my comfort zone um, kind of took launch more when I was 16, 17. I began, really, it, it's a long story, and I want to share this story with you too about my brother and, and my family and the sickness that he went through in the, in the journey there because that is a really um, powerful testimony in itself. But when I was 16, 17, really 14, I tried to start playing guitar, but I quit. In 15, I quit. The summer after I turned 17, I felt like I was really supposed to learn how to play guitar. And I suffered with so much intimidation and even fear of failure. There's that kind of, you know, place of fear. There's different types of fear, and that was one that I still dealt with. And uh, fear of comparison, of people comparing me to others. And this, this stuff almost really kept me from living out my calling uh, as a worship leader. Because I was comfortable singing harmony. Uh, I never wanted to take that lead position. I was afraid that I would fail expectations. I was intimidated because my mom was an amazing pianist and my brother was also an amazing musician. Everything he touched, he could play, seemed like. And I really admire him and my mom and my dad's an amazing singer. I have a great admiration for all of them. And I just felt like I couldn't measure up. You know, unfortunately, as we uh, traveled and my brother and I would sing, we did have solos and you know, people would often compare us and uh, or compliment him and not compliment me. And, and it was vice versa, compliment me and not compliment him, you know, like while we were both standing there and just ignore the other person. And and for me, that that kind of built a framework for how people thought of me. And um, that really bothered me as I was trying to figure out and step into my own way of like, what are people going to think about me? Like when I'm on stage, will I not measure up, you know, to, to the others, you know, being a beginner, you're definitely, you're a beginner, you know? And so that was something that I remember one day I was playing guitar and I just started bawling. I just felt broken before the Lord. And I'll never forget this moment. I was singing um, a song and it, it talked about, I, I was looking up the chords in this little booklet my brother had given me to this song. And it was talking about, I give you my life, Lord. Like every part of me. And it was my song of surrender. But what I had to lay down was my pride. Really, my intimidation, my fear, again, I had to lay it all down. Because I knew I couldn't enter into the purposes of God for my life if I stayed in that place. 
And I remember I needed healing in that moment. And the Holy Spirit poured out healing upon me as I just bent over and just started bawling on the floor because I was like, I, I can't do this on my own and I need you, God. And Lord, even though it's not easy, I choose to surrender. So that moment began a journey of fearlessness, really. Well, maybe it began before that when I was 12, but fearless in another area. God started highlighting that word, fearless. And I remember I got a bracelet January after I turned 17 the year before, and it said fearless. Speaking of, I started feeling like I should play the guitar that summer after I turned 17. Little did I know that because of sickness, my brother uh, would not be able to lead worship. We had led worship for, I believe, by that point, it had been four years for our youth group. And my brother was the main leader, and I supported him in that role. And um, he had to step down. And so God was pushing me out in that season to step up and lead. And I remember, oh my gosh, I remember the first time I played and sang, and I was so nervous. (laughs) And, you know, the thing is, though, allowing yourself to be a beginner and just saying yes to God. Your song may not be perfect. Your skill level may not be you know, professional or excellent even, but saying yes to God and being willing to grow uh, was huge for that season in my life. That's part one of episode one for the Brave Faith podcast. Listen in next week for part two.